Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We've been in a series where we're talking about mission and we're talking about just kind of how we live our lives. And I love what Kelly expressed today. It's way more about being than it is about doing. And today we're going to talk a little bit about that, that kind of space of purpose. And we're going to dive into that this morning as we talk about kind of these, these areas that we're talking about, how we live our lives on mission, how we live out the purposes that God has built for our lives. And I don't know about you, but when we start talking about purpose, when we start talking about our why, Kelly calls it her what, I love that God gives us opportunity to express that through the lives that he's given us. And each one of our lives, that's going to look a little bit different in because he's created you differently than he created the person next to you, thank God. But there's this reality that, that we're called to as the body of Christ and you as an individual follower of Jesus and an awareness that God wants to li- us to live in in order for us to really function in these these places that God has called us to in our day-to-day lives. And so today we're going to spend a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit more about mission. We're going to talk about what that looks like. But I want to remind you what we're doing. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And we're talking about how it differs in so many ways from the world that we live in and really what the world's trying to create or form you or me into. God has very specific plan and purpose for each one of our lives. And so when we think about that, we want to think about that in the framework of the kingdom. Not just about the context of of how you live your life necessarily or where you live your life, but the reality that, that the life that we now live, this being born again experience that we have in Christ, prepares us for something that outlives this earth in this time. It prepares us for something greater than that. And it's because we're a part of the kingdom of God. We're a part of the family of God. And that's different than what the world around us is constantly trying to speak to us. I want to read to you just this verse, and I think it's going to set the kind of stage for us today when it comes to the kingdom mindset that God wants us to be in. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself, listen to these words, through Christ Jesus. This morning as you sit in this room and as you're listening online, God wants to remind you this morning that it was his idea to adopt you and me into his family. It wasn't our choice to go, man, I need a savior. That's not how it began. It began by the God of all creation who has everything that he needs in and of himself decided that he longed for and desired relationship with the creation that would worship him, listen to me, out of choice, out of free will. And so God created the earth and humanity and the, the very longing of his heart was that he would have a family. Not robots that would do whatever he told them to do. And so God built into humanity this ability to have choice, this freedom of choice in us, and he gave us the ability to choose him, 
But here's what I want you to know. First and foremost, he chose you. He chose you before you chose him. And he put out this invitation to adopt us into his family. You know, we're, our family is a family of adoption. Our personal family, the Fortins. We've had a beautiful journey of getting to adopt some, some kids into our family and our home. And that journey was not just a journey of us choosing them, but they chose us as well. And we asked them that question before we adopted any of the kiddos into our family. Hey, we want to adopt you. Do, do you want to be a part of this crazy family? They all three said no, but we took them anyways. <laughs> no, it's, but, but, but there's this reality in our heart that there's a choosing. There's, a, there's this, this mutual agreement of the, the family or the father saying, I want you. And, and then... The children saying, and, and I want you, I want to be a part of your thing. And it's a beautiful journey that God invites us into, but I, again, I want to remind you, it was his idea. It was his idea that invited us to be a part of this beautiful kingdom, this family. It was his idea to say to each one of us, hey, you're welcome to come and be a part of this kingdom, and I want to remind you that the kingdom isn't formed around you or I, it was already formed around him. That he established its foundations, and he established its culture, and he established all of those things and invites us to come and be a part of that. That's really important for us to understand because all too many times it's really easy for us to just make it all about us. When in reality, what God did was he invited us to be a part of something beautiful that he's already made. And so from that place, as we think about kingdom, as we think about today, what we're going to talk about, discovering our purpose in that, that arena, it's really important that we align our hearts and our minds and our thinking, and yes, even our emotions and all of those things into a kingdom mentality into a kingdom way of thinking, into a, a kingdom way of processing. And so today I just want to set this before you, that we have been adopted into a wonderful family. And we have a father that loves us and thought about us. If you, if you ever want to just spend some time thinking about the way that God thinks about you, and you should write this down. Go into Psalms 139. Just write down Psalms 139, maybe take a little time this week, and it will give you a picture of how God thinks about you. The way that he thinks about you, the intricacies of the way that he thinks about you. And it will remind you of this message today that God adopted you knowing everything about you and just said, hey, I want you to come and be a part of my family. How many of you guys are grateful for that? Such a beautiful place for our hearts to, to settle into. And so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to remind you this morning that we are a local church on Kingdom Mission. We talked a little bit about this last week. But what that means for us here at River Valley is we have purpose in who God created us to be, and we're living out that purpose or that mission with our lives. And at River Valley, we call this the big four for us. The four spaces are the parts of the journey that God's taking each one of us on so that we'd be formed in the image and likeness of Christ and that we could be a testimony of him to our world. And here's what that looks like for us. Up on the screen up here, it says um, that when it comes to our mission statement, we are here to help every person know God. Everybody say, know God. know God. 
Live free. Everybody say, live free. Discover purpose and make a difference. As we talk about these four things, these are really the journey that God has taken every person on. I, I, if you need explanation on that, go back to last week's message. We talked a little bit about that. These are the four spaces that God is leading us through in our lives in relationship with him. And each one of them are under constant growth. Each one of these spaces are things that God is developing in and around us in community and in, his, in relationship with you. All of these things God's creating in us so that we would be a people that live our lives with purpose and mission. How many of you know it's important to know why you're here? I don't know what's up with this side. How many of you know it's important to know why you're here? Yeah, it's really important, right? Because that gives us the rhythms of how we form and shape our life. It, it dictates to us how we spend our time. Let me help you. It, it dictates to you how you'll spend your money. Understanding our why and our purpose is really important, but in order to do that, we've, we've got to know the one who created us, and that's why we talk about knowing God. Knowing God comes from this, this place and environment in our life where we hear what God is saying and we respond to that with our lives. That's what it looks like to know God. To live free, we talked about it last week. Living free is the community and the relationships that we build around our lives. It's, it's us being disciples that are making disciples. Why? Because that's what Jesus invited us to. He invited us to be disciples of him, to learn and to grow, to be developed in knowing him, living free and discovering our purpose and making a difference. That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ, that we're, we're being formed in the image of Christ, right? And so we're disciples, making disciples. Jesus didn't just say, hey, once you become a really good disciple, you've arrived. That's not what he instructed us. He said, hey, as you follow me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of others, teaching them to obey all this stuff that I've commanded you. So in other words, what you've got, pass it on. The wonderful things that God's done in your life, carry that to other people so that they would know and experience this amazing God that we know. That's disciples making disciples. Now this week, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about discovering our purpose. How do we live out of the purpose that God's established for us? And, and with that, I, I need to tell you guys a joke before we get going here. Um, be, my, my daughter uh, came home from school the other day and told me this joke, and I thought it was the, the perfect illustration for purpose in your life. You guys ready for this? Okay, here we go. Daryl got, he straightened up, and he's, he's ready to answer this one. Okay, here you go. Here you go. Um, why do ducks have tail feathers? To cover their quack. Oh, their butt quack. It's worth it, people. Listen, adults, you need to spend more time around some kids. They will tell you the craziest jokes that make no... We spent like a half an hour the other day in jokes that didn't make any sense at all. But the butt quack one works. Right? There's divine purpose in what God's designed in you. There's design that God himself as the creator looked at you and said, you need some tail feathers to cover your butt quack. 
When you think about your own life and all the things that you have experienced and processed through and all of these things in life, there's divine design in each one of those things to help form in you the character and nature of Christ. Why? So that others can experience the goodness of God for them. So I want to talk about purpose today. I want to give you a little definition when we talk about what it means to discover purpose here at River Valley. Here's what we're trying to say clearly through this space, that discovering your purpose means living fully out of who God says I am in Christ. I want to read that again. I want you to just process this for a moment. I want you to think about it. For some of you, you need to write this down so that it gets embedded in your heart. Here's again what we're talking about when we talk about discover purpose. Living fully out of who God says I am in Christ. We're going to unpack that for us here this morning. But, But this is the reality of you discovering your purpose and calling in God. It's not that you're just this so unique, so individual person that everybody else just needs to stand in awe of what God has created in you. Now, I hope we, we honor each other and celebrate the uniqueness of each other's life, but that's, Scripture teaches us that our purpose and our uniqueness comes because of God's design in you and what he sees in you because of the person of Jesus Christ. So let me read for you a verse that kind of helps open that up for us. John chapter 10, verse 10. And it's giving a distinct clarity here between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. Between what the devil has planned for your life and what God has planned for you, how you're seen. Listen to these words. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So let me be clear with you. The plan of the the devil, the enemy, Satan, the Bible calls him the devourer and the liar, the father of lies. His plan for your life is very simple, not complicated in any way. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Anybody want to sign up for that? Okay. So let's be clear, though. The world system that surrounds us has the same intent and design. Why? Because it was birthed out of sin nature. Okay, I want to be really clear about that this morning. So, so when we think about all the impact that comes from us around our world, in our world, the, the voices that are speaking to us, what you see in social media and on TV and the culture, and, and all of those things, the primary principle that is behind that is to steal, kill, and destroy you. Because that's what the devil is after in your life. Okay? So again, we're comparing and contrasting two kingdoms here. Here's here's what Jesus follows that up with. Here's what he says, the kingdom of life. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Think about that. Can you get any more black and white in comparison? One kingdom says, here's what I want for your life. This is what the devil wants for your life. I want to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you have in your life. The devil's ultimate goal is to get us separated from God. Death, separated from God. And Jesus comes along and says, and here, I want you to be really clear about what the kingdom of God is about. Jesus said, I came. My very purpose in coming 
is that you may have life and have it to the full. So not only does God want you to experience life, what, is, what, is, what does he mean by that? He wants you to, to yes, be born again and, and, and living a life that has purpose and intentionality to it. But then he goes on and, he's, and he, he expands on that. He said, not only do I want you to have life, but I want you to have it like full tilt, like in every way. I want you to experience the fullness of what I created you for. I want you to know that your life has meaning and purpose behind it. It's divinely designed. I want you to understand that, that as you get out of bed in the morning, that your life is important and important not just for you, but to the kingdom of God and to the people that are around, that are around you. I want you to have joy and, yes, even some happiness in your life. I want you to get up in the morning and understand that, that the, the, this design that I created you with has, has intentionality to it. Jesus was saying, listen, the devil wants to destroy every bit of happiness, joy, peace, everything, all of those things in your life. He wants to bring death to that. Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to bring life. You know what's incredible? That the narrative of our wor- world is the exact opposite. God wants to steal all the joy in your life. He doesn't want you to have any fun. He wants you to live this boring, brutal life, and then you get to go to heaven. And here's the world. We have parties out here. We're fun. We get to do all these cool things. Is anybody with me? Do you live in the same world that I live in? That's the narrative that we see in the world that we live in, yet the kingdom of God and what we see from Scripture is the exact opposite. God's actually the one that wants to bring you into joy and freedom and liberty in your life. He's the one that wants to to help you get rid of all the junk from your past and live with hope for your future. Like, come on, church. We need to rewrite the narrative because many of us believe what the world is selling. We're buying it. We're buying that what is out there is better than what is in the kingdom of God. We're buying that holding on to our anger and our bitterness or whatever, that the the right to be able to do that is better than forgiveness. We're we're holding on into our life that that it's, it's, it's better for me to just live my life for me and just let everybody else do their own thing. And the kingdom of God says, no, 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 no. You were created for life and community together. You're created to support one another and love one another and and be there for each other. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness can't be any different. And yet the world has tried to paint the kingdom of darkness as if it were the kingdom of light. And church, we got to be those that stop for a second and go, hey, what, what narrative am I listening to? What am I believing? Kelly described it very well. Am I living out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Or am I experiencing the life that God has invited me into in relationship with him. Let me, let me say it to you this way. The real you cannot be lived out, seen, or expressed apart from Christ in your life. And we'll say that one more time. The real you, the real you that God created with intent and design cannot be seen by others, felt, or expressed without the person of Jesus Christ in your life. We were built and made by God to reflect who he is in the world that we're in. And who he's created inside of you cannot be fully realized without him. 
Are you with me this morning? If you aren't in Christ, here's the reality of what we're experiencing. We're experiencing the brokenness of sin and the outworkings of the devil's plan for your life to steal, to kill, and destroy. Think about that this morning. In Christ, here's what the scripture says, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You are born again. It's funny when we talk about this phrase, born again, it messes people up, and it did in the Bible as well, right? When Jesus first expressed that you must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, they were like, that's weird. How am I supposed to go back into my mom's womb? That doesn't even make any sense. Jesus said, hey, listen, you're thinking with a worldly mentality. You're thinking with a, a right here and now mentality. Jesus brought clarity to him. He said, listen, we're, we're not talking about going back into your mom's room. That's just weird. What we're talking about is a new birth spiritually in your life. You're becoming a new creation in me. And Jesus clearly identified the only way that happens is through me. And so as you sit here today, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are now born again. You're a new creation in Christ. But here's the reality of it. It's all in Christ. Did you know that the words in Christ is used 160 times in the New Testament? 160 times. That scripture teaches you and I that in Christ we have this, 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 and this. Apart from him, Jesus made very clearly in John 15 as I shared this morning, you have nothing. So as we think about our purpose, and as we think about the things that God's doing in our life, it's, it's interwoven into the space of where we find ourselves. You know, I, I, I first discovered this probably for the, my first time of actual revelation of where something changed in my mind about the way that I thought was when I was about 19 years old in New Zealand, I was doing a discipleship training school with YWAM. And one of our weeks was a week that they teach on the Father heart of God. And they begin to kind of unpack some of your life and unpack some of the, the messed up ways that we all, all you know, think and, and grow up. And I grew up in the church, so I had some really messed up things going on in my head. And in that place, for the first time in my life, I had this understanding that brought some revelation to my life. And really what it did was it opened the door for freedom. And I was taking notes, journaling through this thing. They, they make you journal. It was maybe some of the worst experience of my life. I'm, I'm not a journaler. I'm not really good at journaling. Um, but I'm very thankful that in many seasons of my life, other people have forced me to journal. <laughs> because it's produced some things inside of me that I desperately need now. And now it's become... A habit. It's become a part of my life because I see the fruit of it. But this was, this was my journal over a few years ago when I wrote this. Um, and and it, it, the, the first point every week is we would walk through our, or the teachings that took place. We would, we would write down some things that stood out to us. We'd write down some things that really impacted us. And I wrote down this sentence and actually was looking at it this morning in my journal. And here, here's what it says, that God loves us like he loves Jesus. And it was something that I just never really contemplated before. Because I always figured in my heart and, and just in my upbringing that Jesus was up here and all the rest of us peons were down here. And God didn't really, I mean, 
because he loved him, he just kind of had to love us. How many of you know that's messed up theology? Because that's not at all what Scripture teaches us. As the father, his great delight was to invite us, adopt us into his family. And when God looks at Jesus, he's delighted with him. He was pleased with them. And when God looks at you and I, he views us the same way. Why? Because we're in Christ. I want you to listen to this verse out of Mark chapter 1. And this verse gives us kind of the foundation for where this place of purpose and identity comes from. Here's what it says, Mark chapter 1 verse 11. And a voice came from heaven. This is the Father speaking to Jesus. He's being baptized by John the Baptist. And here's what he says. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. I want you to think about this before we go much further this morning. That the Father, when he looked down at Jesus, made a declaration over him. And from that place of declaration, because we are found in Christ, the Father actually sees us in the same way that he sees Jesus. Let me me give you an illustration to kind of help you with what that looks like. Can we put the next screen up here? There it is. In the kingdom of God, when we we look at... um, let Let me... illustrate it to you this way. When we look at everything in scripture and everything that God has done or does do, it's like a pair of glasses that we put on to give us focus and clarity. And here's the two parts, the two lenses of, of how God and how we are to view relationship with God. One side, one lens is covenant. The other lens is kingdom. So when you think about all the things that God has said and done and designed, they are all based on covenant and kingdom. In other words, God's always been kingdom-minded. He always will be kingdom-minded because he's a king and he has a kingdom. Everybody with me on that one? And covenant is the vehicle by which God walks with people. In other words, God makes a promise and invites us to join him in that. You guys with me? So anytime you read scripture, anytime you're reading through any space in scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, it will always be in the lens of kingdom and covenant. Kingdom and covenant. So what I want to do is give you a picture of what covenant looked like relationally from God in relationship to Christ and with us. So when we talk about covenant, we talk about the Father at the top. And here's, here's what happened in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. The Father speaks identity to the Son. I'm going to read it again. I want you to listen to what happens here. You are my beloved Son. The Father speaking to the Son and giving Him identity in whom I am well pleased. Let me give you some context here. This was before Jesus ever did any miracles. This is before He went to the cross This is before he raised anybody from the dead. This is before he laid hands on anybody. This was at the beginning part of Jesus' actual public anything. The Father speaks and gives identity to the Son. Says this right here, this is my Son. Not only my Son, but my beloved Son. I love him. 
So the Father is speaking identity in whom I'm well pleased. And from that place of baptism right there, from that place of identity, Jesus now goes and lives out his purpose in obedience to who God says he is. Here's the dilemma. Most of us get this backwards. We see the Father, and he has mission and purpose to what he's doing, and he's inviting us to be a part of his family, so I'm going to obey him out of just, just strict obedience. I'm going I'm to do the right things. I'm going to perform to make God come to the other side, give me my identity, love me. This is why so many of us inside of the kingdom of God wrestle with serving, wrestle with our identity because we're trying to earn our identity from the Father through our obedience. That's not how it works. That's not kingdom. Kingdom covenant says, listen, you're my beloved son or daughter just exactly how you are. I'm not asking you to perform. I'm not asking you to earn it. I'm not asking you to, to jump through hoops. I'm not asking any of the, the Father didn't do that with the Son, nor has he done that with us. He invited us to be a part of his family long before we ever chose him. When we understand that our identity comes from the Father, not from what we do, it defines our purpose and how we live. Because you will never do enough to earn your identity in Christ. Is with me this morning? There's, there's not enough prayers you can pray. There's not enough Bible reading you can do. There's not enough good deeds that you can go out to earn your identity from the Father. Why? Because the Father's already spoken his, your identity over you. You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. Unconditionally. You didn't come to God and say, God, I want to negotiate this love thing. God just said, I love you. You're accepted. You're invited. Come be a part of my family. Come enjoy this beautiful kingdom that I've created. Like that's the heart of a father. And from that place, the, the very outflow of our life will be obedience to what he's called us to do and to be. But it can't be the other way around. It can't be the Father sitting in heaven and us trying to earn our acceptance with him because of what we do, how we perform. And church, this is how we learn to live out of the purpose that we have. It first comes from your identity from the Father. When we talk about discovering your purpose, you first have to discover who he's already said that you are. And learn how to fully accept that. Can I just tell you, that is a lifelong journey. Every one of us will wrestle with this space because we have so many other voices speaking to us in our lives. And if it doesn't come from the word, it might come from your family. You have to perform this way to be a part of this family. That's not how God works. And so as we sit here this morning, man, I just, as I was praying for you this week, I felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted to come to you today and lift a big weight off your back. 
Your purpose is not wrapped up in your giftings and talents. and Those help to reveal some of your purpose. Your purpose is wrapped up in your identity. And your, di- your identity is that you are a loved son and daughter of God. Period. Well, I don't have to qualify that. You don't have to qualify that. He just says that he loves you and invites you to come and be a part of his family and his kingdom. Isn't that incredible? And so many times we, we wrestle through that because we find great comfort in performance. I have earned this. And God says, I'm not interested in what you can earn. It's already been earned for you. I just want you to receive it. So when we talk about purpose and we talk about living your life with purpose, I want to go back to the statement that said, Here at River Valley, the way that we define that is living fully out of who God says that I am in Christ. Who does God say that you are? You're beloved. You're beloved. Some of you this morning, you may have never heard those words over your life. You're loved. Not only are you loved, but listen to what God follows that up with. And he's well pleased with you well, yeah, but I I thought a bad thing the other day or I wasn't kind to this person. Slow down. He's not interested in your performance. He's made the declaration over you about who you are. Can you imagine how different, I want you to think about just your own life, how different your life would look, how different the way that you would live if we truly lived out of the place of being fully known and fully loved if we really believed what God said about you, you're loved and you're accepted. He's pleased with you. Yeah, but I've messed up. Listen, you can have a yeah, but for the rest of your life. In fact, let me assure you of one thing. You will. There'll be something you'll do this afternoon, tomorrow, the next day or whatever that doesn't represent him perfectly. Can I just tell you that's what his grace is for? I'm not saying go out and be a jerk all the time. But what I'm saying is if you can't accept the love of the Father towards you, if you can't accept his affirming word over you that he's pleased with you, then here's the reality. You'll never live out of obedience for him. You can't. Because you're still trying to earn his love for you and his acceptance. And what God's already said is that that's already taken care of. I'm not asking you to earn anything. I'm just asking you, Kelly talked about it today, to just be. Just be my son. Be my daughter. Walk in love relationship with me. And what will happen out of that relationship will be a natural outflow of Christ's character and nature being formed in you and I. And then, guess what? Then we get to live in our purpose out of the identity that we have in Christ. You guys here this morning? I just felt like the Holy Spirit just wants us this morning to just pause for a moment. We're just going to just let the words of the Father just kind of saturate over us today. That you are loved. That he's pleased with you. And remember, again, a a lot of people want to disqualify this. Well, he was speaking that to Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, I know but he sees you through Christ. 
Not only does He see you through Christ, but He identifies you as completely forgiven, washed, and cleansed because of the work of Christ. And so when He sees you, He sees you through the person of Jesus. And He's made this declaration over you and I that we are beloved children in whom He's pleased with. Will you bow your heads with me this morning as we just close our time together? Father, this morning, we oftentimes want to try and have words, God, to try and bring clarity to moments like these. But Lord, I think you've already spoken your words to us. Lord, I'm asking today, Lord, that you would set our hearts free to believe, Lord, the word that you've already spoken over us, the identity that you've already given to us, the covenant that you've already made with us, Lord, that we are your children who you love and who you're pleased with. And God, I thank you that there is not a thing that we've done to earn that from you. But Lord, you just simply chose that because of your love for us. And so God, today in this place and for those that are joining online, God, we ask that you would come by your Holy Spirit, God, and do something that only you can do, Lord. Lord, that you would align our hearts and even our beliefs, God, with your word. Lord, where you make declaration over us, Lord, that we are loved, and Lord, that you're pleased with us in our lives. And Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I just come against every other voice, God, that would try and detract from that. The voice of the enemy, the voice of self-doubt, God, all of those things, Lord, that come to steal, kill, and destroy, God, Lord, we reject that now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we believe your word that you came that we might have life and have it to the full. God, we just thank you, Lord, that today we sit here completely covered in the person of Jesus Christ, accepted and loved, forgiven. Lord, where we don't have to walk with shame, God, but we get to experience your love and your grace on full display in our lives. Lord, as we live out of that place in our lives, God, may others experience that same kind of love through us, God. Lord, may we be those that express it, God, Lord, in the same fullness, God, Lord, that you've expressed it towards us. Lord, I pray today, Lord, as we leave this place, God, and as we head into the week that's ahead of us, as we interact together, God, and as we Walk in your spirit, Lord. Lord, that you would bring deep revelation to us, God, of how loved we are and how chosen we are, God. Lord, that you would, Lord, let your grace just shine upon us, God. And Lord, that we would live in you. Lord, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, that lights our pathway, God. Lord, that gives us instruction in you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to take a few minutes this morning. I want to encourage you um, to, to take some time like we do every week, and we get together in small groups, and we just talk. 
We talk about a little bit of what we've learned today. Uh, we let it become something that, that kind of leads us into uh, greater growth. Can I, can I just tell you, in your life, if you'll take a few minutes to discuss with other people around you, um, the chances of you actually assimilating this into your daily life goes up by 62%. That's a good deal for you in your life. Or if you were investing, you would do that. So here's, here's what we're going to look at today. Here's the question that we're going to kind of play around with today. What is my identity in Christ? And I want you to just think about that together. And, and that can be something you can, you can go back to say, well, well, we learned today that my identity in Christ is this. I'm not going to give you the answers. You should remember from the message. And secondly, am I living out of that? These are good questions for us together as we process this place of purpose and identity in our life, right? As we live out the things that God has for us. So uh, you guys in the room, you guys can go ahead and start breaking into your groups. For those of you that joined us online today, God bless you guys. So glad you joined us. Take a few minutes and think through these questions um, and, and maybe take a moment, write down maybe in a journal or connect with a friend uh, just about some of your answers for this. God bless you guys. Have an incredible week. We'll see you here next Sunday. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.